Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. My name's Elijah Merle. So honored and blessed you've taken out the time to join us again today. Wherever you find yourself in the world, uh, the Lord has something real good uh, in store for us today, and I'm excited to have you uh, to be a part of this with us. Today, we're joined by uh, Pastor Josh Pennington, and I'm so excited about what the Lord has for us through this vessel. Uh, He's got an important message, I believe, for the listeners and for those who have been uh, listening and joining. We've had four about 45 countries that listen to the podcast and we're so thankful for each and every one represented and we're thankful and we hope that uh, the spirit of god is able to minister to you if you got if you ever get anything good from the podcast you know it's him you know it's the father god uh, ministering and so we uh we're thankful for you taking out the time to join us today uh let's pray and then uh we'll uh turn this over to pastor josh he has uh, just a good word about generations and uh about uh this this idea of the spirit of faith being moved on from generation to generation. And uh, I believe it'll bless your heart. So let's pray and we'll dig right on in. Father God, we thank you uh, so much for this time together uh, with your word, with your people. And Father, we thank you uh, for the ministry gift of Pastor Josh, and we receive him uh, as we would receive you, sir. And we thank you for uh, ministering uh, to us through this vessel, uh, that which would bring us up to a higher level in you. Guide our words, guide our tongues as the pen of a ready writer. And we thank you that the hearts are anointed to receive uh, from the spirit of God, that which would take us up to a new level in you. And we give you praise for all this in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Uh, Pastor amen. Joshua, would you would you tell people uh, about yourself and what you, your good work you guys got have going and all that yeah. good stuff? Sure. Thank you so much, Elijah, for for having me on and uh, being willing to have a conversation with me about this subject. Um, my I'm married. My wife and I have been married 24 years. Uh, we have four children: uh, two boys, two girls. Uh, we started our lives together young. We were 19 when we got married, um, went on our honeymoon, put in our two week notice, and we were in Tulsa and Bible school by mid July of that same year. We had four kids in 35 and a half months. Uh, so we had kids. Yeah. Uh, real fast. Uh, yeah. four kids in 35 and a half months. We had four kids by 24. So My gosh. Um, we've done, we've done quite a lot in a short period of time in terms of our family. Uh, our kids are 22, 22, 20, and 19. So our youngest just graduated high school. Our oldest two are finishing up uh, university and um, a skill set. So our daughter is, is in Florida doing some things with, co- with uh, cosmetology, getting her cosmetology license. Actually, the day we're recording, she takes her license, uh, exam today. So kind of exciting. Yeah. Our, um, our, our son is a senior at Ohio state university. Uh, he will graduate, um, in 2022, uh, degree in finance and a minor in history. Um, our youngest daughter is a junior at Ohio university. She's a pre-law major and our youngest son who just graduated high school, he's still trying to find out what's next for him. So, um, that's our family. Uh, in, in the fall, actually October, first Sunday in October, 2004, um, we started a brand new church. We, uh, pioneered a home church, a church in our own hometown. So, uh, finishing Bible school, we graduated and, uh, started a church right where Angie and I grew up and, uh, it, our church will be 17 years old, October of 21. So, um, gone through several building projects, all kinds of growth and, things of that nature. And so we're, we're just, we're just plugging along doing what we think is best to add value and uh, bring Jesus to a hurting, hurting world. And so that's kind of who we are in a brief nutshell. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And in the name of the church again, pastor Josh, more life. Yeah. More life church. Newark, Ohio. Oh, that's, that's beautiful, man. It's, it's just a great work, a great thing the Lord is doing there. And, uh, but Pastor Josh shared a message in, uh, not too long ago at, at Rama, uh, during their time, at, uh, there in, in, uh, I believe it was July, if I'm not mistaken. And, yep. um, 
Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Yeah. So it was a, just a powerful message about this idea of generations. And so I want to kind of talk about that, have a discussion on that and uh, let pastor Josh share that the heart of that. And uh, there was a couple of things that, that came out during that message that really blessed my heart. And I believe it would bless the listeners of the podcast as well. And so pastor Josh, can you just kind of take us into this thing and, and feel free to take your liberty and um, take us into this thing about what the Lord put on your heart during that time. And, and uh, what the Lord has shown you about that. Yeah. Um, it helps for me to start with a little bit of my personal background please, um, please. to kind of set the stage for this. Um, I, uh, I am a part of a family that many would consider to be a broken family. In other words, my mom and dad were divorced when I was really young. Uh, my mom was an, is an immigrant to this country uh, from the nation of Italy. Her, my aunt, my uncle, and my grandmother came to the United States in the 1950s. And so um, that kind of is important because what transpires after that really um, was a part of God's story for my life. And I see this generational pattern that God is interested in. Um, Paul tells Timothy, talking about faith, uh, he tells Timothy, he says, this faith that's in you, Timothy, was first in your grandmother and then your, then in your mother and now in you. And so yeah. it's the first time that I really saw this three generational passing of the baton idea. And it piqued my curiosity. Uh, my mom was a single mom bringing me to church. I'm a product of bus ministry. We were bused to church. We we were very poor and mom was um, the first person in her family to give her heart to Christ. Uh, being in the, in the Catholic faith there, the relationship that my mom had with the church was one thing, but she didn't really have a relationship with Christ. So it's interesting that she had a relationship with the church, but not with Jesus. And yeah. when that began to change, it changed our, it changed our lives. Right. And so mm -hmm. grandma, mom, and then me, that three generations and all my growing up, my mom was a prayer, Elijah. I mean, she yeah. was, she was a prayer. She was an intercessor and she would always pray over me and she would speak the word over me. Um, before I knew anything uh, about, you know, um, Rhema or, or speaking words of life over us, my mom just did that. She saw it in the word and she did it. And she would always pray over me um, this ending prayer. She would say, may the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob be with you. Mm. And she prayed this prayer of blessing over me until the day she passed away. And um, it got me curious to look into what's the deal with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so I started looking into this and there's about a dozen different passages where God reveals himself this way. You know, Genesis 50, Exodus three, Jesus even says it in Matthew 22, uh, verse 31. Actually, I'm going to just read it. I have it up here. And, and here's what Jesus says. He says this. And as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Mm. And, and so I saw this over and over. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And my question became, what's the significance of this God? There has to be some significance because certainly the lineage of faith goes beyond three generations. But why three? Why three? And I came to this conclusion after reading and studying that God is saying something to us in this idea of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that we need as people. And here's what he's saying. I just give you the punchline. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, if you will help me establish my work in the earth for three generations, then I will make it permanent. Oh, that's really good. Yes, sir. If I, if I can get, God is saying, if I can get something established to three generations, I'll make it permanent in the earth. Mm. And, um, and this idea that, 
I just want to say it this way, Elijah, as clean, as clean and as plain as this. God is a generational thinker. Mm. He's a generational thinker, and he's inviting us into a generational thinking approach to our lives. This is kingdom thinking. Yes, he sir. thinks this way because the punctuation of this is because this is not for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This mm. is for the Levi's who will come after. Wow. Wow. Hebrews seven talks about that. Mm-hmm. And in, and verse, um, in verse nine of Hebrews seven. Yeah. Um, and they're talking about the, the passages talking about the Levites and the tithe and all mm-hmm. of the, the process there that God institutes. And in verse nine, here's what the writer says. One might even say that Levi who collects the 10th, Paid the tenth through Abraham. Verse 10, watch this. Because mm-hmm. when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was in the body of his ancestor. Mm. So while Melchizedek and Abraham are involved in the spiritual practice of the tithe, God is thinking about Levi. God is saying when Abraham and Melchizedek are interacting, Levi yeah. is also involved in the transaction. Why? Because God is a generational thinker. He's thinking, he's thinking about so much more than what we're thinking about. That's just powerful. I I love that. Um, It's, it's all throughout scripture. When we look at it, you know, it's, it's, it's this, this theme of, and then this covenant that God has makes with us, right. It's up to what is it? A thousand generations, if if, if I'm not mistaken. And so this is always, this is always in his mind. And, and I find it's interesting too, especially, especially for um, myself, you know, cause I was raised in a household of faith, you know, with the word always going and the word always um, playing. And, and that's what we gave attention to. And to see that even with how the Lord made and made it so that me and my, my older brother, we had a foundation and have this foundation in the word, right? But what we see as time progresses is that that's never really just for you, if that makes yeah. sense. And, yeah. and I think I think that's what the spirit of God is showing here in what happened with Levi, that, that this was going on there. And um, I, I think I think this is important. I believe the, the, there's an anointing on this word for this time and season that we're living in, especially where there's a lot of political unrest. There's a lot of racial tension. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but the main thing and the main focus for us must be, uh, this, that God is about the generation, that he's a generational thinker and that we are to pass down the truth of the word, not how, not how we're bent politically or this, that, and the third, but the truth of the word of God and living fellowship with the father and passing that on. But please continue pastor Josh. This is yeah. so good, sir. So I feel like I've identified um, these three generations and in each of these generations. Um, and I just want to ask the listener and you, Elijah, to, to kind of um, determine this for yourself. Like ask yourself this question, which generation am I? Am I Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob? Am I first, am I second, or am I third? And now mm. this is just as a self-identification. This has levels to it and layers to it, yeah. meaning you could be a second generation Christian, but a first generation minister of the gospel. Mm. You, you could be a first generation Christian and a first generation minister of the gospel. And, and then you look at both sides of your family, your mom's side and your dad's side. You could be the first generation on your dad's side and the third generation on your mom's side. Mm-hmm. And I only say this not to add any kind of confusion, but to bring clarity that when we identify where we are, we're then, I believe, going to see specific battles that will be attached to each of those generations that we're living in. So in other words, um, if you, let me break it down for you. All right. Let me break it down for the listener too. I've, I've, um, I've labeled these three generations, trailblazers, Mm -hmm. bridges, and finishers. Yeah. So the Abraham generation, if you're the first to go, maybe you're the first to start a business, you're a trailblazer. 
If you're the mm-hmm. first of person to, to live a life of faith and commit your life to Christ, you're a trailblazer. Nobody's done it in your lineage before. Um, so trailblazer first. Bridge is the Isaac generation. That's second. Someone's gone before you, and you're hoping someone goes after you, and Isaac is that, is that bridge. The third generation is the finisher. And each, and that's Jacob. So I want you, the listener, just to pause and identify, uh, maybe just say in your faith walk first, first, second, third generation. Um, in ministry, if you're in ministry, first, second, third generation. Business, first, second, third generation. Where are you? Because what you, this will help you to do is, I believe that we can see by looking at a major life um, moment for Abraham presents us with the battle that he waged. Same mm-hmm. with Isaac and same with Jacob. So let me do this for us, if I can. Abraham's, what his key moment to me is when God says, I'm going to make you the father of many nations, and he has no children, and his wife has conceived no children, and they're well past age. We're probably very familiar with that text, right? Sure. sure so yes, what, is, what is Abraham's battle? It's the battle of faith. Mm-hmm. It's a faith battle. He is having to do something that no one else has ever done. My mm. mom did this by leaving the Catholic church and the first to become a Christ follower. She, this trail, these trailblazers, they endure pain and struggle that those of us who come after have a very hard time understanding because mm. yeah. they pay, they paved the way for us, right? They blazed yeah. the trail. They made it more acceptable, more palatable for us. You know, as a second generation Christ follower, I didn't deal with rejection and being ostracized from my family like my mother did when she left the Holy Roman Catholic Church and was, you know, basically excommunicated from her family for a while. What's Mm -hmm. she doing? She's living a life of faith in a trailblazer sense. Now, we all are called to live by faith. We know that. I'm talking about something very specific. Mm -hmm. When the first person does it, all they have is faith. They have no experience. They, 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 have no, they have no confidence apart from the word that they have from God to step out into that empty void, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that's, that's, that's my mom's story. The trailblazer. You know, um, my, my parents were divorced when I was a little kid. This is an example of one of the trailblazing moments for my mom. And I'm hoping your listener can identify these in their own lives or the lives of their loved ones to spark their own faith. But my mom and dad were divorced when I was, uh, when I was young, uh, my dad suffered with alcoholism, um, for almost all of his adult life. Um, it was one of the main reasons why they, why they were divorced. And, um, my mom found a church, gave her heart to Christ. And, um, the church began to, uh, become familiar with my mom's story, which is great. Um, but then they begin to say things to my mom, like, well, now, you know, you know, Josh is going to be an alcoholic because his dad was an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and that's genetic and that's going to be passed down. Well, my mom doesn't really have a lot of training in some of the things that you and I and your listeners might have about speaking the word and speaking the word of faith, but she had scripture and she started saying the word over my life. And she would begin to respond to people who would say, you know, well, you know, he's going to be this. And she said, oh, no, 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 that isn't going to be Josh's story because Josh has been made clean by the blood. He's a, he's going to be new. His his future and destiny is not tied to something in the past because mm-hmm. the cross has made everything new for him. Right. And so yeah. she just began to come against those generational things that were trying to attach themselves to my life and to her life. And that's why I bring these battles up because these battles will help you in your, in your victory walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never come. I don't I don't ever want to come at something from a defeatist mindset, but nor do I want to omit the reality that the enemy is not just passively sitting by letting you do God's will for your life. <laughs> right. <laughs> we yeah, have the victory. So we know that but we got to walk it out. Right. Exactly. And so Mm -hmm. this, this identification of this battle 
is to help us overcome. Mom had the battle of faith to hold her ground, to speak the word, to trust God. That is the, that is the battle of every trailblazer. And so if a trailblazer is listening, that's your battle, and that's where the enemy is going to try to stop you. But never, never forget this, though, Elijah. This is not about Abraham and this yeah. first battle. Yeah, that's so he's good. Got Levi, he's got Levi on his mind this whole time, mm-hmm. even though we might not. Exactly. Yeah. God is thinking about Levi down the lineage, down the line. And so that trailblazer is the battle of faith. The second is the bridge, the, the battle of the bridge. And the key moment in Isaac's life to me is when Abraham takes that long, gloomy walk up to that altar to sacrifice his son yeah. and, ties, and ties him down. Like, if Isaac doesn't make it out of that moment, <laughs> there is no exactly. Jacob, there is no, like, it's over, right? Yeah. And I, I don't, I try not to romanticize Bible verses. I try to, like, think about what would the actual human being do? And I think once Isaac put two and two together, that he was the sacrifice, you cannot convince me, Elijah, that my man did not try to get off of that altar. Yes, sir. <laughs> he, he was squirming. He was fighting. Dad, don't do this. He was, I mean, yeah. he had to be. And, and this is the point that I want to make. The battle for the bridge is about identity. Hmm. So every bridge, every second generation, you're fighting a battle for identity. Yeah. And notice this, notice this, that Abraham's obedience was Isaac's bondage. Hmm. Abraham's faith was threatening to Isaac. Mm -hmm. It was a threat. So this battle for the bridge is about this second generation coming into their own, believing the word, trusting the word, but not feeling the unnecessary pressure to duplicate it exactly the way the other generation did it. Like they've got, they, like I got to find my faith for me. That's so good. Yes, sir. That God doesn't necessarily anoint styles. He anoints Mm. people. Wow. He doesn't anoint preferences. He anoints people. So mom was with some Southern gospel and then some Maranatha music. First generation. Mm -hmm. Josh is struggling in his second generation because he's finding some voice in like DeGarmo and key and DC talk and Hillsong. And it's, it's moving, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, here's what, here's what happens oftentimes, Elijah. That's very interesting is that, the enemy doesn't even need to get involved sometimes in the battle because the generations will turn on each other based on their personal preferences. So true. Yes, sir. Yep. Because we don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so I had, I had to fight through that bridge moment. And if you're, if you're listening, your listener is a bridge. I need you to think about your role in a specific way. I want to ask you to think about your role in a specific way. Because if you're a bridge, I don't want you to get upset when people walk all over you because Mm -hmm. that's the function of a bridge. Yeah. The function of of a bridge is for people to travel from point A to point C or point A to point B and use you as the conduit. See, it's not Mm -hmm. about you. It's about Levi. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The third generation is the Jacob generation and they're the finishers and their battle is the battle to wrestle with God. And I want you to notice something that Abraham has dreams. Jacob has dreams. Isaac doesn't have any dreams. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't have any notable dreams. What point am I making? I want to, I want to, I want to end cap that idea of the bridge because those generations are traveling back and forth to each other. And the bridge may not get the benefit of what the other two are receiving. They just may be the conduit and the pass through, but don't, as the bridge, don't get, a, don't, get, don't get upset or offended or don't get um, your feelings hurt that they might be experiencing something you're not because you are being used by God to help them to connect with each other. Wow. 
Is, am I making any sense? Am I? Am I? It's good. Yes, sir. So good. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. So the key moment is is for the bridge is that he got off that altar for for Isaac, um, for Jacob. Jacob is interesting. I think his key moment is when he wrestles with the angel. Mm-hmm. Sure. And he's battling for permanence. And there's a generation that's right before permanence that's on the earth right now. And they're asking some tough questions. They're wanting to know that they can have a relationship with God for themselves. Mm-hmm. My kids are a, kind of an interesting example of that. That, um, I, I, as an example, my my daughter, she's a she's she's this generation, and she's a finisher. My kids are finishers. They have a very interesting perspective because they saw what grandma did, they saw what dad fought through, and now they're like, I don't want to waste that pain. I want to make it permanent. But I've got some ideas that are a little bit different than what has been done in the past. Is it okay? They're wrestling. Mm-hmm. They're wrestling. And so we, I was on a walk with my daughter when she was about a junior in high school and I took a phone call on the walk and she was okay with me taking the phone call. And it was, it was, it was work related, church related. And uh, I got off the phone and my daughter kind of came at me a little bit, Elijah, in a way that I wasn't expecting. She was like, see dad, right, right there. I don't, I don't like that attitude that you have when you're, when you do that. I'm like, Oh, wait a minute now. What's happening here? You know, yeah. I didn't ask for this. She's like, she's like, you, 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 you just didn't give any details. You were very short. You were abrupt. You don't see that that's how you were. I said, no, baby, I was just giving the person, you know, the direction that they need. She's like, well, see that right there, that right there is why I could never work for you. I could never work for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I said, well, that's funny, baby, because I don't remember offering you a job. Like, <laughs> it's not like we agree, right? Yeah. Uh, so we finished the walk, so on and so forth. Fast forward, she now, while she's in school, she's been working for me. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but, but, and here's what she does. She says, Dad, and she's bringing ideas about how to finish this thing, how to make mm. it better, how to make it permanent. Have you thought about this? I think you need to do this, this, and this. And, I don't need to get into the details. I could if I needed to, but she's bringing ideas that make the message and make the mission permanent because mm-hmm. she loves, she loves, she loves God and she wants people to be helped. And she's saying, she's saying, I'm going to wrestle with this thing. I don't care if I have to fight with you, dad, about this. I'm going to wrestle with this thing until, until we get it to the right spot. Wow. That's just that's powerful. Uh, I like this um, the idea of the of the bridge because if I'm not mistaken, during your your sermon where you were sharing this and the Spirit of God was ministering through you, uh, you talked about pastoring and that at, at one point yeah. the some people wanted you to do things a particular way. Would you go into that, sir? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, for me, like I think everybody has to. This is this is probably obvious, but it needs to be stated Sure, that everyone has to be free in their heart and soul and in, in a way that allows them to follow the spirit of God in connection with how they're designed as a person. Mm-hmm. And so I began to see some things about how I was designed as a person based on my passion. It was bringing me to purpose and I was having ideas that were different. Mm-hmm. And I got, just to be plain about it, Elijah, I got tired of being in the Christian recycling business. Mm. I got tired of just being a better mousetrap as a church. Wow. I, I got tired of just having a better program or better music or better message or better lights or better building. I was like, no, 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 no. I didn't give my life for this. And we got real serious about reaching the lost. Is that the part? Is that the part that mm-hmm. I told that you wanted me? We got yeah, real yeah, serious so. about reaching the lost. And I was speaking from a place of the battle was for the bridge that mm-hmm. Levi's on the other end. I know Le- I don't know what that language then, but I know it instinctively and intuitively. There's yeah. someone on the other end of this that we're fighting for. And as our church began to be aggressive about reaching the lost, changing some things in our approach to be more effective at reaching the lost, mm-hmm. not compromising the word, but just being intentional 
about what I think is the greatest command, which is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Like, like that, we can't lose the passion for that. And so we got real, real intentional and real aggressive in our pursuit, very, very focused. And we started reaching the lost. Well, some things started happening in our church, like uh, parking lot was getting fuller and sanctuary was getting fuller and lines were getting longer to check kids in. And, you know, all the things you don't think about that happen as a result of reaching people. And um, I had, I had a, I had some individuals who had, had young kids and they said this to me, they said, no, we don't, there's some things here we don't like. I'm like, Oh, well tell me, you know, cause I, part of me is kind of a peacemaker and you know, I want to, uh, part of me still wants to make sure everybody's happy on some levels, you know, if I can, I certainly don't want to make people mad on purpose, but sure. um, they're like, they're like, we're just waiting too long to check our kids in. And I knew immediately what they were up against. They were up against a false belief. They were up against something that they weren't seeing the whole picture. And I knew how to help them. And I said, Oh, I, I can, I can help you with that. And they said, Oh, well, what, how can, what, what's your, what's your suggestion? I said, well, you've got, you've got three kids. Um, which one of your kids do you want to die and go to hell? And they looked at me like really almost angry. Sure. And I'm like, no, no, no. You, you got extra. I was kind of trying to be playful. You got, you got extra kids. Just pick yeah. one. And they're like, well, I don't want any of my kids to die and go to hell. And I said, well, what about some of their classmates? Uh, which one of their classmates do you die? Want to die and go to hell? And I'm like, no, no, nobody, nobody. I said, oh, you, do you see what I'm saying? They're like, no, we don't get it. I said, listen, by necessity, I cannot apologize for this line being longer because we are aggressively pursuing the reaching of the lost. And by definition, when we reach more people, it causes more inconvenience. And what I realized was I had to be the bridge to help yeah. people understand the cost, uh, albeit I think is very minimal, to reaching the lost and what that does in the believer. And I found this to be true, Elijah, without a bridge, most believers will live on either side of the water and they'll either be, they'll, they'll, they'll like the idea of reaching the lost, but they'll never actually do the work that's required to reaching the lost. Yeah. On one side, they'll just sit and be like, okay, fine. And then there are others who are far from God on the other side that will never be reached unless someone is the bridge. Wow. Unless someone is the bridge to change their future and their destiny, there has to be someone who's willing to be the bridge. So good. That's so good. Um, I think that's a powerful thing uh, in that. It just really, it really speaks to my heart of, uh, in this time and season that we're in and that uh, what the podcast has been able to do. And um, it, once again, I'm, I'm seeing how I'm seeing how well I remember your sermon. Quizzing my own self, Pastor Josh. I'm pulling an Oral Roberts, you know, when they would <laughs> ask, when they would say, Brother Oral, we love the message. And he said, OK, tell me, give the three points. But anyway, um <laughs> But I'm doing that to myself here. And so if I'm not mistaken, sir, there was a point in the message where you go into as well that I really loved is that people were uh, there was a there was a change that happened in your style in terms of what you would wear or how you would present yeah. certain things. Yeah. And people were kind of going against that. Can you go into that as well? So um, I love my mama. My mama always. I told you she came here from Italy. And so she always liked me to wear nice clothes. and. Every year for my birthday, I didn't, I didn't say this in the message, but every year for several years to actually every year on my birthday, um, from the time we started the church until she passed away, she would buy me a brand new suit, mm. a real nice suit. Like I couldn't afford the suit. She buy me a suit. Mm -hmm. So I had a bunch of nice suits and I, I, I liked wearing suits. They were, they were, they looked good. But at one point I, I realized that really wasn't me. Like that was the culture I grew up in. It was a part of, it was a part of my, the training center that I attended. And it was a part of the, actually even the, even the high school I went to had a dress code with shirt and tie for guys and so on and so forth. And I wasn't opposed to it. I didn't, I didn't buck against the system and the rules, but it one day it dawned on me, this isn't really me. Like it's okay. I'm not against it, but it isn't me. 
And so I showed up one weekend to church. I got real bold, Elijah, and took, and I didn't wear a tie. (laughs) (laughs) I got real bold and showed up with my bad self with no no tie. And uh, would you know that at the end of that service, someone came up to me and they said, uh, uh, son, didn't, didn't you forget something? And I thought, I didn't know what they were talking about. And they said, yeah, where's the tie? Where's the tie? I said, oh, I didn't, I didn't wear one today. They said, the next time we see you, you better have a tie on. Mm. And I'm, and I'm not, I don't like to be defiant. Sure. sure. Um, this is an interesting point that I don't think I raised in the message either. I, I think we can be defiant without being dishonoring. Oh, that's good. Yes, sir. That's really good. Wow. And, um, I was like, I'm not going to fit into that mold and I'm not going to, I'm not going to yield to that manipulation and that kind of control because if they can get me to dress a certain way, what else can they get me to do? And exactly. it isn't about me against them. It's like, how much of, how much of that can they influence me on the things that matter? If they can influence me on things that don't matter, mm. you know, you know, the verse God doesn't look at the outward appearance, but he looks at the heart. Yeah. And so the next week I showed up, no jacket, mm. no time. uh they they weren't they weren't happy with me until it evolved to the point where i just wore whatever i wanted to wear Mm -hmm. because you know it was just it was just a gradual thing for me to say i don't know why i'm not against suits and ties it it wasn't about that for me it was about being a bridge between the fake and the real and that's good that, that I hope this does, uh, I'm going to use some language that I wouldn't, well, uh, you can, you can cut it if you don't like it. Okay. Sure. sure. Um, yeah. um, um, I found that this is true, that we're real good at church, but we suck at real life. Mm. Yeah. You know, so we, say we got, it again, say it again. I, I like that so much. You can say it again. <laughs> say it again. We, we got to the point where we got real good at church, but we suck at real life. Wow. And I, I had, I didn't have the language then I have it now. It's, it's 15 plus years of finding the language. Sure. And what I realized was I was creating a bridge to, and for the people to understand that there's real and there's fake. And sometimes the way we dress, the things we do outwardly oh, wow. create a fake and a facade. We hide wow. behind that. And we're real good at that. But then I can't get to you on the real stuff. I can't get to you on the real stuff because you were abusive to your family on the way to church and you came in and bless God. Hallelujah. Praise the Mm -hmm. Lord. When you get in the house, your family can't stand you because you're a jerk, but everybody at the church thinks you're good. And now this isn't hypothetical. Like these are real people that I know who are behaving this way. And I Mm -hmm. thought if I can just strip away at that, because, because that part of me that wanted to be the bridge was, I wanted to be around the people who knew they were messed up, mm-hmm. but didn't want to be messed up. That's good. Yes, sir. Versus the people who acted like they had it all together and didn't want to fix the stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm. And that was the heart behind it was I didn't want another generation to go with the fake and the phony. I know now what I didn't know then Levi's at stake. Wow. So Fake good. will cost me Levi. Mm. If I'm not, if I'm not authentic about what's destroying my life and accepting the truth of the word to be the remedy for that, then I'm just perpetuating the problem to another generation. Yeah. That's so good. Wow. Um, I just love it because of that the thing that keeps coming up in my heart is what the spirit of God gave you is that he doesn't, he doesn't anoint styles. He, he anoints people. And um, there's this thing and stigma that's around about that. And uh, the Bible, he, the Bible articulates and says that if we have iniquity in our heart, then God won't hear us. And my spiritual father says it like this, God will meet you where you are, not where you pretend to be. That's so good. And uh, I think that's where a lot of people we've all gotten off at some point or another. And we have to reevaluate and make sure that 
end of the day, there's a realness between us and the father. And I love that, that a bridge for this next generation to be able to cross and to, to come in and to come in and dine. It reminds me of the parable where this one, this one type of people didn't want to come to the banquet. So God said, okay, go and get the people that nobody wants, go get them. You know, and, and I see that heart in the in, in the this message and what's being conveyed. And that's the heart for this podcast and, and everything there. And, and and as we begin to to kind of wrap this up, what a beautiful, beautiful message, beautiful time. And I encourage everyone to go find it on YouTube. Uh, it, it should be on. I, I think it's on Rayma's uh, YouTube. Yeah, it was the last time I I looked at least. And so, OK, good, good, good. So, yeah, y'all go back and and look it up and uh, it'll bless your heart to, to hear him go in depth about something some things, but there was one story that I wanted him to share as we begin to wrap this up. And, uh, it was about the, 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 um, the people that came into your church that nobody knew what they were doing. Do you ah, know what I'm you. talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Would you tell that story, sir? So, um, I had gotten into a, a series where we just, as I said, a, a part of my style and approach is, uh, to teach through series form. Um, at the direction that I feel like God wants to take us as a people to just take my time, teach about that, ask questions, present challenges, give people the word and give them the time to, to, re- to reflect, to pray, to, to ask God into that situation. That's the spirit of God to change some things. And so I was starting to ask some questions of our church. And here was the question um, that I think you want me to talk about was I asked the question of our church, what happens if a same-sex couple comes into our church service and sits in your row? What will you do? How will you react? What is your heart's position to anyone in humanity, but especially the ones who do the things that offend you? Um, and so I was asking that question, and so we were in a series, and one week during the series, I'm, I'm, I'm just preaching away and there's a, there's a couple and they're, they're a same sex couple and they're definitely together, Elijah. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely together. They're like yeah, sitting yeah. in the same seat. We don't have pews. We have chairs and they're yeah, like, yeah. they're, they're sitting together. And in my mind, I start talking to me. I, I, Cause while I'm preaching, I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, and so inside of my mind, while I'm talking, my mind is saying, okay, Josh, what are you going to do now? You ask this question, big boy, how are you going to respond? Yeah. What is your position about this? What's going on in your attitude about what you're seeing right now? And so I, I, I just, just positioned my heart to say, okay, God, I just want you to do whatever it is that you want to do. I finished the message. I gave the invitation and these two people that are, that are together, uh, two ladies, they lift up their hand and they give their hearts to Christ at the invitation or re- rededicate. I don't, I, I, I lumped them together that weekend. I specifically remember I do that regularly. You either want to make a decision for Christ or recommit your life to Christ. Either one just respond. They came forward at the end of the service. They came straight for me. And they said, uh, Elijah, they said to me, they said, you think we're together, don't you? Hmm. And I, said, I said, yes, I do think you're together. Absolutely. I do. Yeah. And they said, they said, we're not. Hmm. And, and I'm like, well, that's interesting. Probably a story there somewhere for you to tell. Right. And they're like, yeah, uh, we're at such and such university. Mm-hmm. And we were given the assignment by our professor to go to X number of different churches, present ourselves as same sex couples and our assignment was to write a paper on how the churches reacted to us or responded to us. Wow. And they said, this is the only church out of the five where we were not treated any differently based on how we presented ourselves. Mm-hmm. They said, they said in one of the churches, uh, they were asked to leave. And another of the churches, they were told a specific place in the back to sit in ours. We welcome, we welcome them into our church. Yeah. And you know, we say something, I don't think I said this in the message, but it's worth saying right here, Elijah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let me, let me finish this and, I, and I'll tell you my, sure. my, yes, my thought that they ended up, they weren't together at all. 
they ended up staying connected with our church, got in small group, and they stayed in our church and served and were, and were growing. They had been a part of church and had, had faith, but they'd walked away because they'd seen some things in church that had turned them off. That's not an yeah. excuse, but that was their story, right? Sure. And God yeah. used our church to draw them back and grow them in their faith. And, um, you know, I, I just, I did, and it was the week after that, that I started saying this and I've not stopped saying it. Mm-hmm. If hurting people cannot find the love of God in the house of God from the people of God, where in the world will they find it, Elijah? So true. Yes, sir. Where are they going to yep. find it? They won't. They, and they, can't, they and, won't. Yeah. And we say things in church that we don't mean. We mm-hmm. say this. Come as you are. Oh, yeah. We don't mean that. Do you know what we mean? We don't mean come as you are. We mean come as we are. Wow. That's what we're saying, but we don't know it. How do I know that? Because as soon as they do come as they are, we get squirrely and uncomfortable, religious and weird. Mm -hmm. Like when they don't vote like us, dress like us, eat like us, smell like us, think like us. We let them know all the five reasons that they're wrong. And what we forget is what it was like to be far from God ourselves in that third generation, in that second generation. And even in that first generation, we've been in faith 10, 15, 20 years. We forget what it was like when we were far from God and he met us where we were. So the whole thrust, the way I kind of want to, bring your listeners to a point of action Mm -hmm. is what I believe God is saying through this type of thinking. Will you think about Levi? Yeah. The enemy is serious about his mission. Elijah, the enemy is real serious about his mission. It's time to turn. It's real serious about ours. That's right. Yeah. And that we go and we finish this battle we fight the battle that is assigned to us. We win that battle because Jesus has made us victors, but that we never lose a heart for the lost and the people who are far from God. May I say it this way? We never mature beyond the point of having a passion for the lost. Wow, exactly. Yeah. And that's really what I'm after, I think. I really think that's what God's after, is mm-hmm. the reminder of, Levi's on the other end of this. You might have thought it was this, this, or this, but I think that the heart of this message brings front and center the necessity to remember to love all people and to pray passionately for the lost, to yeah. create a list of one, two, three, ten people that you know are far from God or hurting and pray for them. Mm-hmm. Commit to praying for them. Like use your faith that God yeah. gets into their world. That's, that's how this whole message has hit me and what it's done for me. It's so powerful. I love it. Uh, well, uh, as we wrap this up, Pastor Josh, would you go over the three different generations just to recap? Uh, so everyone knows and kind of can yeah. identify maybe where they are. Yeah. Uh, the Abraham generation is the trailblazer. And the key moment for Abraham was, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And that's a faith walk. Isaac generation is the second generation. They're the bridge. The key moment for Isaac is when he gets off of that altar and he leaves that altar with identity. And he doesn't allow his father's faith to keep him in bondage, but he grows in the way that he's supposed to. He's, he's the bridge. The third one is, is the Jacob generation. And uh, the key moment for the Jacob generation is when Jacob wrestled with God. Um, they're, they're finishers. They're going to find a way to get it done. And their battle is the battle for permanence. The enemy's going to come at that third generation because he knows it's his last ditch effort to prevent Levi from coming onto the scene. If he can stop the finisher, he can stop Levi. Wow, so good. And uh, I want you guys to, to, to pray, be intentional uh, about finding out where you are uh, in this and finding out how the Spirit of God is using you and to, to, to do our part well to help usher in the second coming of the Lord Jesus and, and to, to, to usher in this work that the precious fruit of the earth 
uh, is what this all is all about. It's all yes. about people. It's all about the lost and and getting them back into this fellowship. We wanna we want to uh, make heaven a, a home, a permanent home, not just for ourselves, but for everyone we come in contact with. That the Spirit of God gives us an opportunity to minister to. And so I want you to be encouraged in that today, Pastor Josh. Would you pray over us as we wrap yeah. this up? Father in heaven, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And every person that's listening, I just ask that you would speak so clearly to them that you would do your thing in their life. The thing that's set apart for only you to do, that's what I ask you to do right now. And I ask, Lord, that some people on the listening end of this will rise up with some renewed courage and passion and purpose, and they will obey every word that you have instructed them. Father, I say over them that they will fight and they will finish well, that we are victors and overcomers. We always triumph in you, Lord. So thank you in advance for good reports, for answers to questions, solutions to problems, and a whole bunch of truth that makes us free. We give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. What a powerful time. Hey, uh, Pastor uh, Josh, where can people get in contact with you guys, find out what y'all doing, all that good stuff? Best way to, I'll keep it simple. The best way to get in contact with me is to follow me on Instagram or on Facebook. And if you just type in Josh Pennington, I'll pop right up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you again, sir, for taking out the time to join us. Uh, we were, I know that the listeners were blessed by it. Uh, I'm blessed by it. It's always an encouragement. I did well on remembering some of the key points of the sermon. Did, you did, did awesome. I, did I, you did, did, you did awesome. Okay. You did great, man. You did great. <laughs> well, great. It. Awesome. 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 Well, uh, guys, thank you so much for listening and being a part of this podcast today. Uh, my name's Elijah Merle. And remember this, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at MerleMinistries.com. That's M-U-R-R-E-L-L Ministries.com. Merle Ministries International.